we're embarking on a mission to bring the silly back to Wolf. Starting with next episode, because this one actually gets kind of serious once we get all the vampire cannibal talk out of the way. Lately, Kristen has been on a real kick of using exercise to quiet the chaos of her ADHD mind, and now she's ready to make us all hear about it. She's covering the biochemistry behind why exercise is so helpful to our ADHD brains, what the experts recommend for maximum benefits, how to start a routine you won't completely hate, and her best tips for overcoming some of the many barriers to movement. Whether exercising feels dull as fuck to your brain, is an overwhelming sensory experience to your body, or you just don't wanna, we'll inspire you to get back on that hobby horse with our sage words of wisdom that you can't find anywhere else. Obviously, this is a joke, and you can find this information literally anywhere else. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them. That's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, if you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather. Weirds of a Give me those room sounds. Recording the room and all the sounds around. Room sounds. Give me See those my room sounds. sounds. <laughs> all right, we're nice oh, and good. silly for all this right. episode. Yeah, yeah. I kind of we like were just it. talking about how it brings silly back into podcasting. Bring the silly back into podcasting, and here we are. Being silly. Being silly little gooses. Just a couple little silly guys. Silly little guys. Yeah, I think Kristen we... and Grace. Just two silly guys. Two silly guys sitting in a padded room. <laughs> in a padded room. Padded, padded room. room. Yeah, I think we have uh, been so excited about like doing some research episodes that sometimes it feels like we've kind of lost. Drifted our, away. Yeah, drifted away from our silliness. Our silliness. And we're still silly guys. We're still silly gooses. But not the way we Don't were before. Worry. It used to be real silly. Yeah. Yeah, I think our earlier episodes were way more sillier. Yeah. But... I think we've grown. Yes. But it is also good to reflect back. Yes. And I like our silliness. I like the silliness, and I think we should bring it back. I agree. Bring back the silly. Put the silly back in wolf. We have a serious topic today. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of silly. Oh, we didn't introduce the podcast. No, and we didn't do any warm-up questions or anything. But Nah. It's just like pre-chat. Pre-chat. Here we go. Let's get into the real chat. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, <laughs> an ADHD-adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Kristen. We've got a serious topic. It's so serious. No, well, it's not, it's not, not that seri- serious. It's not as serious as some of our topics. It's no depression. Yeah. First, I get a, I get a great warm-up question because this has been bothering me All right. for Lay- a while. Lay it on me. Are vampires considered cannibals? No vampires. Remain in Romania. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to eat flesh to be a cannibal? Like you're technically you're consuming a human, but are they 
But you're not necessarily You're technically not a human anymore, but you were a human. You're human-esque, right? Yeah, so you're not eating a fellow human. One type of tree frog eats another type of tree frog. It's still, there's still, it's a frog eating a frog. But vampires are technically dead. So I don't know if they would be in the same category as They've like moved on, but they were once human. But they're not anymore. It would be like if a zombie ate a human, it wouldn't be cannibalism. It would be be like if a butterfly ate a caterpillar. (laughs) Would it? The butterflies don't have mouths. They just have that weird proboscis thing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about. That's an extra fact for you all. Yeah, for the lecture. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty. Proboscis is that like thing. It's like a little sucky straw. Tongue, yeah, but it's a straw instead of a tongue. Do you know that caterpillars melt down into a goo in their cocoons and then they reform? I just thought they were like. How do we know this? I don't know. It's just a fact I have. Dissecting chrysalis. Chrysalis. I don't know. I always thought that they just like went into their cocoons and worked on growing their wings. But no, they melt down into a goo. Jesus. So like. You think, okay, so here's another question. And we might have already talked about this. What happens to their soul? Yeah. Is it the same guy? Is have we this, talked about this on the podcast before? Have we? Or have we just talked about this? I can never know. Listeners, let us know. Let us you know. You don't okay. know either. Okay. First of all, we need to get back to vampires, but... Okay. You qu- question up. number one. Are vampires considered cannibals? No. I think... I'm going to say no. You're going to say no? Yeah. I was going to say yes, because they were once human, and now they're consuming... But they're, they're not anymore. Consuming... Consuming... They're Cons- consuming the humans. Consuming. <laughs> <laughs> they're consuming humans. Yeah. They were once humans... They probably still have dead human DNA. All right. Well, my zombie question still stands. Would you call a zombie a cannibal? I would say yeah. Would you? But they're zombies. They're a monster now. They're not a human Yeah, but they're still, they're human. They're not. They're zombies. They're dead. I guess, and so that's the same thing with a zombie. Once you're a zombie, do you still have a soul? That's the age-old question. We got a lot of questions to... So this might be one of those things where there's no set answer because are vampires cannibals? They're not real. Are zombies cannibals? Do butterflies <laughs> have souls? Have a, do they remember their like hmm. conscious from being a caterpillar? And do zombies have souls? <laughs> we got <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of questions. We need answers. We need answers. Well, in what we do in the shadows, when they die, yeah. they're previous like who they were becomes a ghost but that's i think like their human ego is what that is like their human personality that's also a tv show well vampires in general are just made up things that people write stories about so why is this any less valid (laughs) oh not according to the vampire dictionary i need a vampire expert a true vampire hunter to tell me are they cannibals and now that we're talking about vampires are vampires a thing that are truly, like, 100% made-up fantastical, or are they, like, a cryptid where it's, like, there's actually rumor that there are real vampires? Well, there's vampire bats that suck the blood. I know. I think there's blood-sucking things, but, but I Vampires don't... in general, you know, are they, like, a, like a Bigfoot where it's, like, people have seen them and there's, you know, theories know. of where they are, or is vampires— I know there are some people who, like, identify as vampires, yeah. right? Yes, there are. Maybe make them if you're a vampire, 
Can let you? us know. Let us know. I'd love to have you on the podcast and talk about vampire things. Although I think vampire law says you're not supposed to like reveal the existence of vampires. Oh, if you're a rogue vampire, <laughs> reach out to us at weirdsoffeather@gmail.com. We will make sure you remain anonymous. Yes, we won't tell your cousin. Especially if you're a neurodivergent vampire, I want to know about Are it. there any neurotypical vampires out there? I don't think so. Probably not. Seems pretty but... divergent to believe well, that you're a vampire. I don't vampire. know. I've never met a vampire. I don't want to insult the vampire be, community. Yeah. There's got to be one out there. That'd be great if we had like a big community of, of vampires, vampires who listening? listen. No vampires. I'm pro-vampire. Um, I think they're doing great work. Well, <laughs> I think you're saying that in theory. And in I theory. think in reality, you would not like vampires because they'll suck your blood. That's true. I don't think I need all of my blood. I need a lot of it. Yeah, you need a good amount of it. But I don't need... There's plenty of people who donate blood. I wonder if they're like... Any like ethic? Are there ethical I, vampires yeah. who just drink blood from blood banks? Although I guess you're still taking blood. You're from still someone. taking blood from. But you're not sucking it. I wonder. Out. Could you be like sign up as like a donor for the vampires, and then you could donate Probably. your blood to vampires. Well, for people who do believe they're vampires and like live like vampires, they do have people who are like, "You can drink my blood," and it's like one of those consensual things. Like if you tell someone that they can yeah. cut your penis off and eat it, I'm. <laughs> This is getting out of hand. Let's what? should we get into it? Who's consenting to that? Some people. Some people. There's speaking of cannibals, one. There are people out there who want to eat people, and there are people out there who want to be eaten. It's like a sexual thing. They want to be eaten, and there have been people who have like volunteered themselves to be I killed and eaten by a cannibal. To eat another people. But... Another people. Can you? <laughs> Can I you understand that? No, no, but I, I feel like I can, like... I can understand it more than wanting the, to be eaten. The curiosity, I guess, I understand. Yeah, I would, you know, the, it'd be, I'd like to know what it tastes to like, maybe. eaten? Yeah, it's like a weird, extreme fetish oh, thing. I mean... And it's happened before, where what someone... What do you just, like... You say, chop, little... chop me up. Fry me up. Chow down. Like, they take a piece of muscle? Ouch. Either they are, like kill me and eat my body or they're like still alive for it and they want like their penis or something to be cut off and fried up and eaten. I'll tell a story about it. I'll it's tell an official on story. My Strange Addictions on uh, TLC. Another <laughs> riveting show by TLC. Man, that show was great. I feel like instead of making a show, just get these people therapy. Yeah, like, like that lady who would bathe in bleach and her like eyes were just like yellow. From, uh, and, or the woman who would eat paint or drink paint. And another woman who's eating her husband's oh, ashes. The husband's ashes. Oh my God. Eating a little bit this at is, a time. We're off topic. We're way off course. This whole thing is off topic. Man. We need to get back. We need to get going. We've been talking about this for so yeah. long. So, verdict's still out. We don't know if vampires are cannibals, but if you're a vampire, reach out. You don't even, you can make a fake email. According yeah, to your code. Definitely not a vampire at gmail.com. And if you're just like a regular person, <laughs> we want to hear your theories about, yeah. I guess, if vampires. If you're a non-vampire. Cannibalism. Let us know. Yeah. Or a zombie. Anybody from the zombie community, if you want to reach out to us and kind of clarify, like, if you have a soul, um, if... Did your soul transfer over yeah, with you? Yeah, do you remember your human life? Much like a caterpillar um, becomes a butterfly. Share your story... Yeah, let us get your story out there. That's what we're here for. Yeah. All right. And with that, we really have to get going. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. We just talked about that for so long. I feel like we covered a whole podcast worth of topics right there. Yeah. Any other podcast would be like, and that was our and episode. That was our episode. And yeah. that's our fucking warm-up no, question. this is a warm-up question. We got 
meat to get through today. If you're but not to, human meat, because yep. we're moving on. But wouldn't that be a great transition? But we have to do little questions first. <laughs> Damn it. You almost had it. I feel like this happened another episode ago where I had all these great transitions, but they were at the worst time. Yes. It happens quite frequently. Yeah. And if you're new to this podcast, um, I want to say we're not always as chit-chatting in the beginning like this. But yeah, we kind of are. But sometimes we're not. Sometimes, sometimes we are. Sometimes we're more serious. So if you're just trying to get to like the serious meat of this episode, you can probably fast, fast forward another 10 minutes. Yeah. At yeah. least. At least. Yeah. But we have little accomplishments. Yeah. If you're still here, let's yeah. get into those accomplishments. Let's do it. All right. Little accomplishments, but big in our hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Kristen, what did you accomplish? I got I to, not only do I have a huge accomplishment, it's not little. But I'm putting it in. Okay. But it is cohesive with the ep- episode. All right. Is it about how you ate flesh for the no, first no. time? No, no. It's cohesive with the second part of the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I canceled my gym membership. Whoa! Yo! Years in the making! Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yeah. Did you write a letter? went together. We body doubled. Nice. And... The lady's like, I just have to ask, like, why you're canceling. And Christopher goes, can you see the last time I was here? She, it, for Christopher, it was like 800 days oh since my he was God. last at the gym. <laughs> That's why. Uh, yeah, so we both canceled our gym memberships. I'm really proud of wow. us both. I'm proud of you. Um, did I get made fun of by my coworkers for waiting so long? Yeah. We don't need that negativity. We don't need that. I'm proud of myself, and that's why I said I'm proud of myself, and you can't tell me otherwise. This task took you two and a half years to accomplish, and now you've done it, a two and a half year task. Yep. Yeah. Did it, and I feel great about it. I feel great for you. Thank you. The money you'll save. I know. (laughs) I know. I don't even want to... Uh, my coworkers like, let's do the math. I was like, let's no, not. No, no. Let's just cherish in the fact that I did it, and I'm happy, and I'm proud of myself. That's the ADHD tax right there, and you yeah. gotta just write it off. Yep, of yep. That happened. We're just, I'm not even. It's not worth it to me to even look into it. No, because why? Yeah, why if you want to look into it on your own accord, sure, but keep it to yourself. Yeah, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yep. Uh, Grace, what's yeah. your little accomplishment? So, mine is compared to that a very, very little accomplishment. It's not even a full, uh, no, not I even a full know. accomplishment. This is like the whole point. Yeah. So, a few weeks ago, no, oh, at least a month ago. Okay. I lit a candle in the living room on the mantle. I didn't put it in any type of like candle holder because I was like, it'll be fine. I'll just watch it. And then I yeah. didn't watch it. And the whole thing melted down and it spilled wax all down the mantle and the fireplace and onto the floor. Yeah. In, like a big yeah. it was very, puddle um, of wax. Not to be confused with puddle of mud. <laughs> and I, it has been sitting there forever. And the other day, I finally scraped it up off the floor. Nice. And then I still have to vacuum it and clean the rest of it. Well, but I did the first biggest part, which yeah. was like scrape all the big chunks. Proud of you. And sweep those up. You got those big chunks. I got the big chunks. And I'm proud of I'm you. I'm halfway through this task. Yeah. It's only taken me six weeks. Right. And maybe in another six weeks, it will be done. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. That's for sure. Stick around to find out. That's exciting. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks. I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, it's been just like Maybe staring you, at me. I mean, I feel like every other week you rearrange your entire living room. Yes. So now I think you've got a good setup right now. I got another poll question. Speaking of that, if you have ADHD, which if you're listening, you probably do, were you the type of kid who would like rearrange your bedroom all the time and like be rearranging your bedroom at 11 p.m.? Because I was that kid and Lily you, was that kid. 
I always... think I rearranged it a couple times. But yeah, it would be really spontaneous. I like it to would move... be a big like I'm cleaning, I'm rearranging. This is the new me. This is who I am now. This is who I am now. And then I'd be real sick of it. Yeah, I just hit a I just hit a day where I'm like, this all needs to change. Oh, these all gotta come out. I do think like your living room is awkward. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to it's it's never right. Nothing is right in there. Every time I move it, I'm like, you it's need... almost it, I guess. So what does Lily think? Because she's kind of the professional. I don't know. We don't have time for this today. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into this <laughs> privately about the <laughs> arrangement of my living room. Yeah. I do like the way it's set up right now. Thank you. We'll um, see. We'll see if it lasts. It looks nice. And yeah. It has a floor that's almost clean of wax. There you so, go. There you go. Yeah, you're well on your way. Yeah. Um, should we get into the meat? Let's bite into this meat. Could be human, could be not meat. Yeah. We we don't know yet. Could be beyond meat. It could be the Beyond Meat. This podcast is not sponsored by Beyond Meat. This episode is brought to you by Beyond Meat. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It could be. It could be. Beyond Meat, reach out. Would we want it to be? We'll talk about cannibalism stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Are they a good company? I don't know. Seem fine. Yeah. All right. No, we don't have time. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this meat is exercise. Exercise is the meat, and that's what we're talking about. I got things to talk about. Lately. Lately. Last game of something. Uh, lately, I've been exercising in the morning, which is early. I get up at 4.30-ish. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, because because it's a oh whole thing. Oh, my God. Um, and I've been exercising in the morning for my mental health, for my feelings, and I feel like it does make a difference about how I function in my day. More so, I feel it when I don't exercise because mm. it's chaos. It's like absolute chaos. And I so I started exercising in the morning um, because I was so frustrated at myself for not exercising when I come home from work. So I'm like, let me just get the fuck up early. And and then I tried it and now I'm feeling good. And then when I don't do exercise, I'm like, wow, I am like my brain doesn't work. Like I, I just don't know. It's like it's so difficult. Mm. Yeah. So. This episode is about the benefits of exercise with ADHD. There's so much information about this. Um, exercise for ADHD has been well studied compared to, like, ADHD as a whole. Like, I don't think there's a lot. Like, we don't know why it's caused, and we don't know what the actual pathways in the brain are. And I know that's a lot for, like, a lot of different neurodivergencies and mental health and everything. But specifically for exercise, there are many, many resources Including, I found books. I found podcasts. I found peer-reviewed journals. I found blogs. Um, Tracy Ozuka from ADHD for Smart Ass Women famously talks about how she's tried every medication for ADHD under the sun. Mm. Um, but she's a slow metabolizer, and she's never really found a medication that works for her. So she exercises instead. She exercises in the morning. She does it as if it were her medicine. Yep. Uh, there's so much information about this topic that I feel like it's necessary to cover it. We may end up reiterating a lot of information that's already out there. That's like kind of how this works. But I want this to be like kind of an all-encompassing. It's going to be like a multi-part series is my goal is to not only look at exercise and ADHD, but to also look at cerebellar function with ADHD, barriers to exercise in folks with neurodivergencies, as well as the association of neurodivergencies, particularly ADHD and hypermobility disorders, 
and how mm. exercise may look different in those individuals. Mm. That's the goal. So bear with me. Maybe you already heard all this stuff before, but I feel like it's necessary to go through. And if you haven't heard it, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, this is great. It's great. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've been telling everybody at work all about this. I'm really excited. Have we done an exercise episode before or did we just like mention it? We, I think we mentioned it, but I don't I don't think we've done an exercise episode before. But I feel like there's so much. There's so much. There's like a bajillion exercise. I think every ADHD podcast that's out there has talked about it. Mm, yeah, it seems it's just like so important for it is, self-regulation. Yeah, it seems like. exactly. Um, and lastly, before we like really get into it, I do want to briefly discuss that we as wofers recognize that the exercising for your health or exercising to be healthy to the like over-exercising addiction pipeline, it's a thin line between what's healthy and what's not healthy. When we're talking about exercise, we want to keep in mind that everybody's doing everything in moderation. Everybody is different. Basically, don't overdo it. Do what you can. Stretch. And um, we also want to point out that for many individuals, exercise is really hard. In particular, with those with disabilities, they might not be able to do the same exercises that people without disabilities can. Or they might not be able to do it to the same extent. And, and we recognize that and we feel for that and we understand that. We also know that there are p- many people out there with sensory needs that not, mm. might not be able to tolerate exercise or the conditions that go with exercising. Mm. Heat, sweatiness, sticky clothes, things like that. We yeah, get it. It's so uncomfortable to it exercise. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> exercising sucks. So we have some tips also, right, about how to, like, reduce that, you know, terrible overstimulation that I've comes got tips with exercise. Cool. From my personal yeah. brain. So this isn't going to be an episode where it's like, everyone just needs to, we all have the we same all, 24 yeah, hours in a day. Exactly. That's, Nothing more privileged than that. Right. I, I definitely want to say that there, there are recommendations that are going to be made from experts on this topic. But we understand that there are recommendations and that everybody is different. Um, not everybody's going to be able to do the same things as everybody else. And a lot of these studies were done in, like, school children. So keep in mind these are people without, like, chronic diseases mm. and disabilities or, you know, we it, get it. It's, 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 everybody is different. It's not going to be the same for everybody. We're not blindly saying that everybody should exercise as much as they can for their mental health because it's going to be better. It's It's not like that. That's true. If you're doing too much exercise or you're, like, putting too much emphasis on it and you're stressing yourself out, like, is that really good for your mental health if you're, like, making this exercise so terrible and difficult? Right, right. And you can really hurt yourself. So, yeah. yeah. So stretching is important. Taking Taking breaks. breaks. Doing what you can and not forcing anything is it's all important. Yeah. We get it. And I just want to emphasize that before we enter it. Okay. Yeah. So the first topic I really want to talk about is the biochemistry, which I know is everybody's favorite topic, biochemistry and, and like, the behind scenes between exercise and ADHD. Grace, you've heard of the runner's high. Yes. It's like, you know, after you run, you feel – or while you're running, you feel great. You feel while good. While I'm running, I feel terrible. I <laughs> – but I guess, like, it's like after you, you feel good mm. after. And why is that? In your brain, it's well known and documented that exercise increases the release of neurotransmitters, specifically dopamine and neuroepinephrine. It stimulates that dopamine reward pathway. That's the same pathway that's affected with ADHD. Of note, that's like the same pathway that stimulants such as Adderall and Vyvanse work on, where they increase 
dopamine and like the synapses and activate this pathway. So it kind of makes sense from a biochemistry standpoint why exercise would work the same way as a stimulant would work. Mm. Not to this, I'm not saying it's a replacement. Some people need a stimulant. Once again, everybody's different. Wasn't there that study that showed that like an hour of exercise was equal to like four hours on a stimulant medication, something like that? Um, I didn't find that study, but the, oh. the, so there's some experts here on this book called ADHD 2.0. That's where I got most of my information, um, by Dr. Howell and Dr. Rady. They're two ADHD experts with ADHD. They wrote a book and they definitely recommend exercise first. And we're going to get into it. Okay. So they also discovered that exercise, not these two individuals, but they, as in the scientific community, and all of my resources are listed below in the show notes. The royal uh, they. Uh, <laughs> um, they showed that exercise increases um, the release of a growth factor in your brain called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDFN. Um, Dr. Rady specifically kind of terms this as miracle grow for the brain. And I, every single podcast would quote him on this. So I feel like we had to do too, but I don't think that's specific enough to, it doesn't really tell me anything. I respect the analogy, but I want more. So BDNF is a growth factor in the brain. It's chemical in your brain that not only helps support existing neurons, brain cells, but helps the growth of new neurons and helps the development of new connections in the brain, which is called neuroplasticity. Mm. So it increases your neuroplasticity, helps you learn things, remember things. It's associated with memory, decision-making, and higher thinking, which are all very important and lacking in ADHD. Yes. So not only, so not only do we know that exercise increases that, another study showed Exercise increased amplitude or strength in signals on electroencephalopathy, which is, you know what an EKG is? So you measure like the signals, the electric output of your heart. Mm. Yes. Um, imagine that, but for your brain, they stick all these little things on your brain and then they measure basically the electrical activity in your brain. EEG, we'll make it short. So this study was measuring... Um, you know, people who exercise and people who didn't exercise, and then they would do an EEG, and they showed specifically the P300 signal, um, which is usually associated with decision-making and considered kind of a metric of cognitive function, was the amplitude or the height of the signal was bigger, so it was stronger, a stronger signal in your electrical activity that conducts decision-making hmm. and cognitive function. Did they, did they like measure people before and after they exercised, or did they like I think pick they, people who were exercisers versus not? Um, I think most of these studies were what's called acute exercise. So they study people who didn't exercise, and then they study people who exercised for like twenty minutes and then did the EEG. Okay, and that's most of these studies uh, did it like that. Okay, because um, they keep talking. You'll if if you go back into the references. They keep talking about this thing called acute exercise, um, which I thought was really funny. Just never thought of it like that. But basically, it means like they exercise and then immediately after they did like mm. all the testing or they made people do tasks or something. Okay. Yeah. Because I just um, want to make sure that, you know, with all studies, it's not like 
do they have this brain spike because they are exercisers or are they exercisers because they have this brain spike right, and they're like right. good at getting so themselves to exercise? It's a cute exercise. So it's not okay. like they've been yeah. exercising. I've been exercising my whole life. Exactly. It's, and why can't you like, do it? Um, it's you take a group of people. All right. So they measure half it, yeah. of them don't exercise, half of them exercise, and then they do the brain waves. Okay. Um, and then so so that's kind of more on the biochemistry end. And then in clinical trials, most of these studies were done on school children. Um, many studies, there are many, 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 many studies, and I tried my darndest to kind of just sum it up. But many studies show that exercise prior to doing a task will improve the outcome, whether it be mm. a child with ADHD or a neurotypical ch child. And I want to do a disclaimer on that because some of these studies were done in like early 2000s when, you know, no girls were diagnosed with mm. ADHD and it was mostly little boys and stuff like that. But I still think it's relevant. I know. I think about that with all studies when they're studying like ADHD kids versus not or autistic kids versus not. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you doing proper measurements to make right. sure are they that diagnosed kids? appropriately? Yeah. And so, but I thought it was significant that like exercise in general will improve the outcome regardless of hmm. ADHD or not. Nah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in 2018, there was a study that showed physical activity of 20 to 30 minutes, acute exercise. So immediately before, um, the intensity was about. 40 to 75% of your max heart rate produced more or a better effect on your processing speed, working memory, planning, and problem solving in young, they said young people. I think it's like teens and children, which is nice. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, and then in this book, uh, ADHD 2.0, where I got most of my information from, but not all. They talk in depth about some some teacher, not a teacher in Saskatoon, Canada, who implemented this what became a very successful exercise program in her classroom for quote like at risk children. And this teacher basically said almost all these children had either diagnosed or undiagnosed ADHD. And instead of she said she spent most of her classroom just, you know, trying to like rein in these kids. So instead, she got a bunch of treadmills and exercise bikes or little trampolines. And everybody oh, yeah. for the first 20 minutes, for the first 20 minutes of class, um, did aerobic exercise. So aerobic is like cardio. Mm. Um, and almost all the kids' grades went up. They Whoa. stopped smoking. They're like wait, cigarettes. Wait, how old are they? I was picturing like, elementary oh. school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many kids were smoking? I need another pack. Teach. So problem. Half my class um, won't no, quit. No, they were teens. They were teens. Okay. Um, and so they stopped smoking. They wow. were coming to school. They weren't tardy. Their grades were going up. They passed their tests. And a lot of them were really big advocates of the program. Oh, you know? They, yeah. they were the program's best, like... um commercial oh uh, uh advertising advertising there you go and 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 some of them even went off their adhd medication wow. but she said she had a, a huge success in the classroom and that's amazing the kids really benefited from it so yeah i bet it makes sense and i hate when you hear about like ADHD kids in school where, you know, especially as when they're littler and they get in trouble. So then the teacher like takes recess away. It's right. Like, that kid needs and recess more than exactly anyone. That's exactly what they talked about in the book. Like it's so unproductive to do that because that's yeah. what they, they probably just 
you know, understimulated and and need, you know, stimulation. They need exercise. And they, they need, need, yeah, they need these chemicals right. and everything to, like, be able to focus and, yeah. Exactly. And then that's what I usually, I found online. There's just studies and studies of people just saying, like, we did this. They did better with exercise. We did this. They did better with exercise. Um, so there's a lot of research out there, regardless that we don't really quite truly understand the pathway in the brain. Mm. We know that it works. And so what are, what, sh- what should you be exercising? Like, how much should we exercise? What should we do? What are the recommendations? I got them for you. This is, once again, all from the book. They recommend 20 minutes of aerobic exercise cardio that gets your heart rate up to 70% of your max heart rate for at least 20 minutes. 20 minutes of cardio. That's all you need to know. Dr. Rady uh, suggests, and he, uh, he's been on many podcasts that I listen to, and he suggests the same thing. Um, he says, exercise first thing in the morning as if you were taking like a morning med. Hmm. He also suggests if you're someone who takes a stimulant to exercise before taking the medication and then when you start to feel the, like, runner's high, you're, you start to feel it wear off, usually one to two hours, then take your medication. That way, not only does your medication last longer, but you kind of get the full effect. So you get the f- effect of this exercise, and then you don't have this, like, waiting game for your... Once you start to feel it wear off, you take the other med. By the time the med kicks in, you're good. That sounds good in theory, but I also think some ADHDers need their ADHD meds to exercise. So that's, that's true. That's just true. Just important to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But I can see it where maybe you use your meds originally to, like, get yourself into the habit. And then once you start to yeah. get into this habit and feel better, then maybe you kind of, like, switch to what you yeah. were saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even in this book, they said there was a lot of people who came to them as an adult saying they've exercised their whole life and now they have an injury. Hmm. And now they can't focus. They Basically, they have all these ADHD symptoms. They diagnose the person with ADHD. They get them on a stimulant. They do better. They're less depressed. Once the injury heals, they start exercising again. They don't need the medication. Hmm. Yeah, that but makes it's, sense. But it's almost like a, a means to a way. But that's what they're recommending. Obviously, do what works for you. But that's what Dr. Brady has recommended. Also, I think we, I think I'm remembering now that we talked about exercise in a habits episode a long time ago. Remember mm-hmm. where we did a one about habits? Yeah. And I think that's the one where we were saying, like, yes, 20 minutes would be great, but right. anything is better than nothing, especially yes. when you have that all or nothing thinking. You know, yeah. I feel like these we can, are recommendations. Yes. They're like, not ideally, absolutes. you would do this, but anything is truly anything is better than nothing. Like, if you walk for three minutes, that's better than not walking. Exactly. And I think we gave, the advice to tell yourself that you're going to do like literally 15 seconds of this task. Yeah. Because we often do the thing, you know, it's the transition. That's the hardest part. Once we get going, we're like, oh, yeah, I remember that this actually feels good. And often then you're going and 15 seconds is such a non-intimidating amount of time. So, yeah, I think it's also, yeah, like you said, just, you know, adjust it for yourself and don't fall into that all or nothing trap where right, it doesn't right. have to be 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be any type of cardio. It's just like whatever feels good to your body and whatever you're able to manage. Exactly. Exactly. These are recommendations. They're not absolutes. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do exercise at all. But yeah, these are what studies have shown. And these are what the experts are recommending. Recommending. <laughs> oh, my God. These are what the experts are recommending, but obviously, like we said earlier, everything in moderation. What works for you? Do that. 
Um, yeah, and if you haven't been exercising for the last few right. years or however long, like all of a sudden go for twenty minutes. Yeah, that's like a every, lot. Every single day, your knees are gonna really hate you. Yeah, and you don't want to do the ADHD thing where you get really, really into something and too fo- hyper focus on it, and then you like burn yourself out because you're yeah. too intense about it. And I think I, when I started exercising, I would do like ten minutes, especially in the morning. Like some days I would miss it, some days I would do ten minutes, some days I would do twenty. And I'm still trying, and I don't really have a solid routine down, but we're getting there. You used to talk about how you would get up and, like, stretch in the morning, too. So yeah. now that you're saying that, I feel like the biggest thing for you, especially because that's so early, is getting yourself just into the habit of waking up and waking moving up your so body that's in been some the way. That's challenge, yeah. So that's a good piece of advice to give yourself, like, maybe work on keeping this habit of moving your body at this time or yeah. whatever. And then you can let yourself, you know, if you're feeling good, do 20 minutes, 30 minutes. If you're not feeling good, do 10. And if you're really not feeling good, just do some stretching or yep. rolling around on the floor or, yeah. you know, something. So let <laughs> yourself have that. in the yard. Yeah, do some crawling in the yard. Crawling oh, that's in the yard. pretty vigorous, I will say. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you could crawl in the yard for 20 minutes. Yeah. Your farms will be jacked. Oh, yeah. If 20 You'll minutes. Like Popeye. You will not make it 20 minutes, I yeah. promise you. Even like five minutes. Yeah. It's so it's hard. A lot. Do it. I dare you. Get out there. Go crawl in your yard. Actually, when we talk about, like, balance and stuff, we'll mm. probably talk about crawling in the yard. Yeah, again. it's good for your cerebellum. Crawling. We'll save it for a different episode, but fine. This episode is brought to you by Crawling in the Yard. Hi, I'm Barbara Gunt, and I started the Crawling in the Yard Coalition to increase public awareness about, you guessed it, Crawling in the Yard. Here at Crawling in the Yard, our official slogan is this. Crawling in the Yard hurts no one. It only gives. So get to crawling in that yard today. Your neighbors are going to hate it. We guarantee it. I think the biggest thing when I started thinking about exercising, especially in the morning, is like, how do you stay motivated? Because ADHDers are consistently inconsistent. Yep. Um, it's hard to keep habits. It's hard to develop habits. It's hard, hard, hard. It's boring. And habits there's a boring. lot of, I think there's a lot of barriers. We were kind of talking about transitioning from like not exercising to exercising. Maybe mm. you have to change your clothes. That's a uh. tra- transition. Getting started. You know, maybe you've never exercised before. You don't know how. What is stretching? We don't know. Um, (laughs) No one knows. (laughs) It's one of life's many mysteries. What is stretching? There's a lot of barriers. Um, I think for me, I've always tried to like, oh, I'm going to exercise to get in shape. I'm going to exercise because I have a wedding to go to and I want to look good. And there's never, I've never been able to keep it an exercise routine. Not saying that I have like the best routine right now, but it's been the most routine routine that I've had ever. And I think the most motivating factor is my brain working better Hmm. because it's almost like, yeah, sure, I can just get up and go to work, but I would like to like function like an, I would like to function well. Yeah, it's like Um, thinking of your future self, doing something for your future self. And that's way more motivating to me Mm. than looking good. Yeah. Because I could be in the best shape of my life, but I am not photogenic. I am just not going to look good. I'll still be real dumpy. Yep, yep. (laughs) If there's a way to mess it up, I'm going to do it. Yep. Um, But I think they put it best in ADHD 2.0. So I just want to read a small quote from the book. 
that kind of really sums up everything. And then we'll get into Kristen's tips on exercising. Kristen's tips on exercising. <laughs> so in this quote, they're referencing the like the being motivated to exercise, especially, you know, getting up early. It sucks. Mm. It's hard. Um, in other words, it's not an external goal, like wanting to lose weight for your upcoming reunion or buying the gizmo you've had your eye on that really works. Instead, it's asking yourself to remember how good exercise makes you feel that keeps you moving. And that's what mm. keeps me moving is like, sure, I could sleep in, but I'll, I know I'm going to feel a lot better. I'm going to do a lot better at work. My brain is going to function a lot better if I get up and exercise. It is. Mm. And now that I've been doing it, it's like, this is for me and this makes me feel good. And I feel like now that you're saying that, you you know, once you get into that habit of associating those feel-good chemicals with getting up early, it'll, mm -hmm. you know, it becomes more and more motivating. But I feel like normally if it's like get up early and just like get ready for work and be earlier or sleep in and like that will benefit you to get more sleep. Right. You know, it's like obviously you're going to choose sleep most mornings. So it's like oh, that's, for sure. it would help me throughout my day to have more sleep. Yeah. But when you're throwing exercise in there, yeah, you're giving your brain something that's even better than more sleep that will help you throughout your day. So I feel right, like that's right. more motivating. Yeah, exactly. So I think to me, that's my motivation is to like function. <laughs> my yeah. motivation is to function. Um, and, and I have noticed a difference. And even what I've no what really caught my like attention is when I would skip a day, mm. um, especially at work, um, I would try and skip like I'd pick a day. I'm like, I'm not going to exercise on Thursday. I'm going to sleep in. Thursday is my clinic day, and I'm like, eh, we're not doing that much. But Thursdays are really busy, I guess, for me, and I would really, really struggle. So now I realize I got to put in the work on Thursday because mm. it's going to benefit me throughout the day. And you paying attention to that of, like, not punishing yourself on days where you don't exercise, but instead just being like, how does my brain feel compared to when I do exercise, because I feel like that helps you take that punishment away from exercise where yeah. it's not, you're not bad for skipping exercise, but no. just pay attention to like how your brain and body feels and like, does it feel better when you exercise? Right. Yeah. Like, and it's almost like, I'm like, how did I like get by before, you know, without yeah. exercising? Cause I was, I'm so foggy sometimes. And like, um, I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm forgetful. And then like, when I exercise, it's like, oh, it's all better now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like exercise, like getting your body up and moving, I feel like I think of it symbolically of also like my brain getting up and moving. Right. And without that movement, I just feel so like like dumpy all day of just like slogging through. Yeah. But it's like once I start to get up and over that hump of right. moving my body, then I'm like, oh, yeah, I can I can get going and do things. And it, yeah, it just kind of like gets my brain kind of up and moving as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready for my tips? Lay them on me. I have a lot of barriers to exercise. Uh, the transition is really hard. The executive function to, like, time mm, it. Yep. Even, like, the night before of, like, what I'm wearing, what time I need to go to bed. It's all really difficult for me. And it, it is still continues to be—it doesn't get easier. Mm. Um, I think my motivation gets stronger as I continue to realize that I function better with exercise. Mm. But I think— the mode, the the barriers remain the same. Yes. <laughs> so my number one tip is transitioning. As in regards to transitioning, is to exercise at home. Like I said, I just canceled my gym membership, 
I'm really excited about it yeah. because I think exercising in the morning, I'm not going to go to the gym. No. That's another car ride. Also, like, what do, what do I have to bring all my shampoos there or something? Sometimes I don't even wash my hair. Like, it just, there's... So much planning, too. There's a lot of planning. That's like a whole extra step. It's extra minutes to get into the car and go to the gym. There's a lot. So I exercise at home. I have a Peloton, and I, more than anybody here, because it's just us and you don't have a Peloton, <laughs> no. understand how expensive it is. And it's a privilege, and I worked hard to get one. Not everybody can afford a Peloton. But there's other things out there. Like YouTube is for free. There's a great um, YouTube person called Fitness Blender. I think it's a husband-wife team. They used to be for free. I hope they still are free. I used to work with a bariatric surgeon who would recommend them. They have really good cardio workouts for home. And it's always like you need limited stuff. A workout mat, maybe lightweights, maybe. And they're very, very like you're going to work up a sweat. Um, there's an app called Go, like capital G-O, that has a lot of different workouts on it. And I think it's like, it's almost like <laughs> um, like a free Peloton, but without the bike part, you know? So you're just like air biking? Well, you're not air biking. They have like <laughs> running, they have yoga, they have Pilates, they have all these different workouts with all these different instructors. And then you like rate the instructors. And that was for free for a very long time. And so I used that as well. And you could, like, adjust the music if you didn't want that music. So that was a really good app. But there's a lot of stuff online. There's a lot of different free options. You can always go for a walk or run outside. I know, you know, maybe that's hard in the winter. Or, um, or, or in the summer. Or in the summer, I depending so on so dysregulated from the humidity. Right. Maybe you don't have sidewalks in your neighborhood. I don't mm. have sidewalks in my neighborhood. I live in the suburbs. It's a problem. It is. It's an infrastructure problem. Unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's bullshit. It makes cities and towns less walkable. Yeah, yeah. I think the town I live in is the most unwalkable place there is. But. Bold statement. I digress. Yeah, so I would say exercise at home, that's a huge win for me because it's one less thing I have to care about. I don't have to worry about getting in my car. I don't have to worry about driving over there and, and setting up there. It just mm. seems like like wasted time. And I also feel like at home you have more options to maybe make it fun or, or like let yourself do stuff yeah. you normally like to do. Like if you have a show that you're watching and you're really enjoying, like, yeah. you know, get a couple of, I don't know, eight pound weights or whatever and do some little weightlifting while you watch your show or, right. yeah, bike or walk in place or Right. And whatever. if you're someone who likes to lift weights, like that's, I don't know about that. I'm not a weightlifter, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe in one of your future exercise episodes, we should talk about weightlifting versus cardio because it, weightlifting is also very important. It is very important, especially for women yes. for their osteoporosis. Yes. And the prevention Your of it. But bone density. Bone density. It is important, but I'm I just I don't like the lifting. I I'm like, a cardio I person. Like the lifting. Um, lifting, I feel like it's easier than the cardio. I feel stuff. like you can be more casual about the lifting, you know? Yeah, but I feel like I I I have a um, hypermobility so my yeah. my joints are always subluxing and and that's, that's another true. thing that we want to get I want to get into it's a another episode okay but we're moving on so exercise at home it's the transition is easier if you can obviously if you can't these are just tips you don't have to do them next tip exercise in the morning not only because everybody else is recommending it but I think when I get home 
like it's almost like a reward. Like I don't have to, I don't have to like. I used to be so stressed over, like, I got to get home because I don't get out of work at the same time every day. Mm. It's kind of my job is crazy. And and you never know when you're going to leave. So I'd always stress about, like, what time am I going to get home? And then as soon as I get home, it's like rush to, like, do whatever you need to do and then cook dinner and then get ready for bed. It was very rushed. Mm. And I really enjoy getting home and relaxing and not having to worry about, like, getting that workout in or anything. It was just, it was so much stress. That's a good reward um, for yourself. And it's just not worth it. So I don't do it anymore because it's so stressful. And I really, really, it's almost, mm. it's a reward. I get to go home. I get to relax. I can yeah. sit on a couch. I also nice. feel like it's me with nighttime plans where you have so much time to make up excuses all throughout the day of why you shouldn't yeah. exercise that day. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. And right. oh, this case popped up and now I can't possibly right. exercise right. after work. I had a bad day. I don't want to do it. You and know? throughout the day, you know, you have like a finite amount of willpower each morning. Yes. And throughout the day, you use up your willpower for different things. Yep. Yeah. And so often we're just like drained of any willpower yeah. by the end. I don't even try to work out. In the afternoon or when I get home at anyway. Unless it's really nice out and maybe I'll go for a very slow walk. But nothing more than that. Mm. Another thing for transitioning in executive function is plan your outfit. Because <laughs> mm. it's hard. It's like another, like deciding what to wear every day is really difficult. That's why I wear, I work at a place where I wear scrubs all day. Oh. And they oh, that's provide why? you scrubs. That's why you became a PA. Um, It's. Like, part of it. I don't think I could work in any, if they don't provide me scrubs, I'm not working there. Yeah, I need like a school uniform. I need, I need you to tell me what to wear. <laughs> and scrubs are so comfy. They're so, so comfy. Easy. And, and no, no I don't even have to wash them. I show up in joggers and a t-shirt and then I change immediately into scrubs and that's what I'm wearing. That's great. There's no like, let me, you know, do these pants, go with this shirt. No. But with working out, you need to sh figure out, like, what you're going to wear for clothes. And so sometimes, depending on the workout, um, I try to pick it out the night before. That way I can just get up and I'm like, this is what I'm wearing. Like, the less decisions in the morning about what I'm going to do, the better. Because mm. I think the more I have to sit and think about it, the more that's a barrier. Yep. So it's if you pick it out in the morning or have, like, a concept of it in your mind of, like, this is what I'm going to wear. And it's in the drawer and I'm going to pick it out. So plan your outfit. And then, and it doesn't have to be anything cute, you know, if, especially if you're working out at home. Um, sometimes I work out in my PJs. Nice. Like if it's like a yoga or Pilates or something, um, I'm not wasting good gym clothes. I'm just going to work out in my PJs and call it. And the focus should be on comfort, not looking cute, because if you're uncomfortable, like as cute as the outfit is, you're just not going to do it. You're just right. going to avoid it. So exactly. what's the point? And that kind of, you know, slides into sensory needs. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of sensory needs with working out. It's too hot. Um, outside is too cold. There's a lot of sweat. There's a lot of sticky. There's smells. Clothes are tight. Clothes are tight. Bras are uncomfortable. Ugh. I think the number one thing that was a win for me was the front zipper bra. Mm. I think they've come a long way since my first front zipper bra. My first front zipper bra. Yeah, not a great choice. They're like industrial zippers now, which is great. And and you don't have to have that terrible sensation of trying to take off a tight, sticky, wet, gross bra. Yep. That was a win for me. I also sometimes wear PJs nice. to work out. And I only wear comfortable clothes to work out. I'm not, I'm not cute working out. And I don't try to. You be. shouldn't be. 
I would also add in there some kind of hair management system if you're like <laughs> me and you're very bothered by like flyaways and loose right. hairs, like touching your face or touching your neck, like some kind of headband or ponytail situation. Right. Get it you know, up if, out of the way. Yeah. Have something right. that's like it's not because often when I'm already like overheated and I'm like sweaty and uncomfortable and then my hair is touching me, it's like. That's the last thing I need. Yeah. You're pushing me over the edge. So, <laughs> Or like a little, sometimes like if I'm on the Peloton bike, I um, get a little towel so I can like yeah. dab my face. Or a sweatband if yeah, sweat yeah. dripping bothers you. Like it, yeah. yeah, it bothers me a lot. Exactly. And then after I'm done, I immediately, I should stretch more, but I usually just immediately go and take like a cold, cold shower. Mm. And there's like, and it feels really nice. Yeah. Just um, yeah. And then Grace, you thought of this. Making it fun, changing it up, yeah. make it interesting. Like I said, I do the Peloton. This is not sponsored by Peloton in any way, shape, or form. But I do benefit from changing my exercise plan. So I, I'm not a person who can bike every day, you know, 20 minutes a day on the bike, you know, five days a week, whatever. Snooze. Um, yeah, it's very boring to me no matter how fun the instructors are. So I change it up, and sometimes I don't know what I'm doing until that morning, and it kind of depends on how I feel, and I change it up. There's a lot of different, like I said, there's a lot, many different things you can do. Do what speaks to you. And that way you have flexibility in your schedule as well. You have, like, the set routine but flexibility within yeah. that routine, it's like which is important. it's like a flexible routine. Yes. And that's, like, perfect. Yeah. And then, yeah, when it comes to making things fun, I would say just think back to, like, what you liked to do as a little kid back when, you know— I know some people, like, especially people with disabilities, like, exercise was never a fun thing. Yeah. It was always, like, for mobility purposes or punishment or something you have to do. But for a lot of little kids, like, movement and exercise is very incorporated into play and fun. Yeah. And then we kind of, like, lose sight of that as we get older. And then sports aren't for fun anymore. They're for serious. And so, you know, just kind of, like, really thinking back to all the silly Ways that you would move your body as a little kid that you would never think of as, like, stereotypical exercise. Like, playing with a stick in the yard or, like, building a fort or, you know, like, doing hula hooping or right. things like, you know, people are playing pickleball a lot these days. Yeah, rollerblading. Uh, you know, the know, tra- pickleball's trampoline. pickleball really taking off now. People are loving pickleball. Yeah. And it's a great exercise. It is. So for those of you who just really, really dread exercising and you've kind of always seen it as punishment and you struggle to get yourself to, like, do anything that's not fun and stimulating, like, I don't know, try to think of some creative ways to make it more fun and stimulating. You right. Know, play right. tag with your friends in the yard, yeah. you know? Like, I feel like we lose all those joys of childhood of just, like, playing the silliest games, you know, animal capture. Oh. <laughs> well, there was a reason why we had to stop that. Yeah. Yeah. Tied Jake to the tree. And we forgot about him. But. And we also shouldn't, because we used to, like, catch people with a jump rope, but we'd, like, lasso them around the neck by accident, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think once my mom saw us doing that, she was like, we're done. No more animal no capture. No more animal capture. You're going to kill yourself. Okay, yes. But, <laughs> you know, any other little kid game like that, capture the flag, like yeah. going sledding, you know? I feel like there are so many fun games like that that, you know, like, let's bring neighborhood games back. Yeah. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. I have one more recommendation. It's the hardest of them all. All right. Going to bed early. Yeah. Sucks. Sucks. I'm struggling so much with that of late. It's, I don't know. I'm just having such a hard time going to bed on time. And and then I, like I get very stressed about it because I'm like, I got to get to bed. Don't you like look forward to going to bed though? No. I love going to bed. I feel like it's like, I've, I just feel 
No. You get to be cozy. You get to close your eyes. I think I need like a good book or something to read in bed. What about an audio book that you only listen to when you go to bed? That's what that's, I should do. That's what I do. And maybe I should bring like my crochet stuff in there yep. so I can. I do that too. That's what I should do. Um, yeah. Crochet in bed. Crochet in bed. And listen to a book. Sometimes like I'll go through stretches where I have a really hard time falling asleep like a few nights in a row. And the fastest way for me to fall asleep is have an audiobook playing. I will pass right out. So I have a book that yeah. I'm like looking forward to and then I want to go get in bed. That's it's just it's not really about sleeping. It's more about getting, getting physically into bed. Yeah, but I, I think, think you need I to get a little reward. Yeah, you need to make it more appealing. Yeah. You know, you need to make it more fun and have something to look forward to. Where you're like, That's ooh, can't I wait mean. to get in bed. Can't wait to get in bed and crochet or listen to my book. Or do both. Or do both, yeah. Actually, I'm going to implement that today. Give it a try. I'll let you know how I'm doing by the time this comes out. That's what we'll do. Okay. Thanks, guys, for listening to me. Um, Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's all I have. Okay. Um, All right. (laughs) Yeah, but I hope this has been informative and fun because that's our goal. I really do um, believe that there's benefits to exercise. I recognize that not everybody will benefit from exercise because exercise is difficult. Um, Some people say they don't get the runner's high. Really? Which I could see. Interesting. Yeah. I guess why would every single person benefit the same from this Right. Thing? I get it. For me, it works. And I know that I am not everybody. So this is what works for me. I really, really have started to kind of embrace it. Regardless of going to bed too late, I'll still get up early to exercise because I know Mm. even though I'll be tired, I will at least be functioning. Functioning and tired is better than not functioning and awake. And I feel like not letting yourself, which I would do, like have the excuse of like, well, I went to bed really late last night, so I should sleep in today. Like making yourself get up regardless takes a lot of self-control, but that's a good way to you, I feel like for me, if I have any wiggle room of like, oh, I could just cancel in the morning, yeah. then I like let myself do that. So but I also, like- I'm I'm wondering is because I am unmedicated. I'm raw dog in life here. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering is because I, I, I really like feel the effect mm. of exercising. I feel it throughout the day. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it may be because I'm like hyper-focused on it right now because I've been writing this episode and I've been really like, deeply thinking about how I feel during the day and how I'm functioning Mm -hmm. at work and how much I exercise and what exercise I did. Not obsessive, but just hyper-focused on exercise in my brain Hmm. and how I'm feeling. But I really feel the effects strongly, as I'm like slamming my mic, (laughs) throughout the day. Yeah. And and I feel like maybe you as someone who takes a stimulant, maybe you get that or something similar with a stimulant. So maybe that's not as important to you. But yes, I agree. I don't know. It's like when I know that I could always just get a cheap energy drink and that yeah. would give me a boost, like make up for loss of sleep but and I'm I not, stay up later. Yeah, I'm not saying that one's necessarily better than the other. I'm just saying I haven't tried your way. So I only know this and this is working. I would say that the exercise is the best way. You know, I'm obviously yeah. not anti-meds, but I do think the more stuff you can do without being on medication, the better, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If it's something that can naturally help you that you are enjoying and that's yeah. helping you, and you know? It is really helping me. I I believe it in my whole heart. <laughs> yeah. And that makes it so. So now I'm passionate about it. 
I appreciate your passion. Thank you for sharing your passion with us. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I didn't um, have a choice. If you have any questions, I would love to hear everybody's, like, struggles with exercise. Maybe we could go back to a bagel bite um, once this episode's released and kind of mm. um, discuss every or, – or even write on the Facebook group. Maybe I'll post a poll on the Facebook group. We'll see. About people sharing their struggles with exercise. Mm. And maybe we can kind of, like, collectively come together and help. Just yeah, like you just solved my bedtime issue. Yeah, I know. I'm proud of that. Yeah. And if, yeah, if you have any good recommendations for like, you know, going around some of those sensory things we mentioned or just, you know, little tricks that you use to get yourself to exercise yeah. or, or if like, you found like a good free exercise yeah. app, let us know. Or if you have fun game ideas to, you know, play that will move your body. If you got like a fun idea of what someone could do, let us know. Yeah. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. I hope someone benefits from this episode. Please, I hope um, one person benefits. <laughs> it will be me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's been all of our, like, information today. And like I said, we're going to kind of touch on more things that are exercise adjacent, like balance and the cerebellum and hypermobility mm. and the association with neurodivergencies with that in other episodes. That is what is to come. But I think we just needed to lay the groundwork first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. You can email us with your own suggestions and input and whatever at weirdsofafeather at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, Weirds of a Feather. You can follow us on Instagram. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash weirdsofafeather. And that money goes to sound editing. Only. Well, yeah. yeah. It goes all back to the podcast. Uh, we don't get paid for this. We yep. understand that inflation is high. Kristen, and bills you need don't to be have paid. to say this every I time. I say it every no, time. No, you don't. You're I manifesting people time. not donating to us. You're like letting them know, like, hey, this should be last priority on your list. And it should be. No, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Okay. Stop underselling us like that. If we are doing a lot of work into this podcast. And I'm are. not saying people have to donate to us, but I don't think it's as lowly as you make it pressured. out to be. Some people really benefit pressured. from this. I know. I don't think they feel pressured. Okay. I think just asking if you can and want to. You can only donate, donate us. if you don't feel pressured to donate. Yes, that's the only way. If yep. you feel pressured. Don't do it. But also do it. But also do it. So do it. Do it. It all goes back to sound editing. <laughs> yep. Okay. We have to end this. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, see you guys next week. Find us on Instagram and all the socials. Yep. I said that already. Okay. Bye. Let's get into our bod. Oh, yeah. Uh, this bod Make was it, it was. It was actually someone mentioned. Noah Lindsay recommended this and tagged us in an Instagram post. Um, this bod is called the Bearded Reedling, which is a funny little guy. <laughs> It's a very round bird. It's the roundest bird there is. There but you go. They're not round all the time. They're round some of the times. <laughs> like a pufferfish? Well, I think this guy's cold. And, and I that's think why they've kind small? of puffed up. Yeah, that's oh, what it looks like. Because they're not this round all the time. He gets big when he's cold or he gets small when he's cold? He gets round when he's cold. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I didn't do that much research cold. into this. When are they round and when are they not round? <laughs> I need to know. No, we don't have time. We don't have time. They're very round. They're the roundest <laughs> bird, but they're not round all the time. Okay. But when they are round, they are quite round. They are the most round. They are the most when round. When they're round. So the bearded reedling, also known as the bearded tit, which, yup, yup, we're going to move on. <laughs> no, yep, we're going to giggle yep, about it for a second. Yep, bearded tit. It's bearded tit. Um, <laughs> they are small birds 
yep. that are found in the wetlands of the UK, all through Europe, and all through Asia. Oh. Um, and the males have this, like, cool little mustachio situation going on. Nice. And they are very round. So let's listen. <laughs> You'll hear the roundness in yeah, their call. you'll hear the round. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? You nailed it. <laughs> They sound like little tiny space lasers. Yeah, I was trying to think about what they sound like. Or some kind of uh, pinball machine. I feel like even with the simplest of bird calls, we're still way off. Oh, for sure. Like, this is just your most generic bird call ever. And we're like, absolutely totally off. We need lessons. Yes. Someone oh, should goodness. train us. Yeah, on on bird calling. Bird and, calling one on one. Yeah, exactly. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs>